you belong on the water. Adventure begins at the Jersey Shore Boat Sale and Expo, September 22nd, 23rd, and 24th at the Shoretown Ballpark in Lakewood, home of the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. For tickets and more, visit JerseyBoatExpo.com. I'm Jim Hutchinson with your New Jersey Delaware Bay video fishing forecast for the Fisherman Magazine. It's Thursday, September 21st, and I'm here at Jersey Shore Blue Claw Stadium in Lakewood, New Jersey, as folks are setting up for the annual uh, Jersey Shore Boat Sale and Expo, which runs this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, September 22nd to 24th. We'll talk about that show in just a moment, but first, let's chat more about tonight's big show, the Fisherman's Big Show, up at the Huntington Hilton in Long Island, or on Long Island, I should say. It's the Fisherman's Annual Inshore, Offshore, Surf, and Everything in Between Extravaganza. Uh, dozens of uh, manufacturers, a whole lineup of seminars uh, speaking there. That's, that's tonight where I'm gonna be leaving right here from this setup, coming back here on Friday, but it's gonna be a really great event out on Long Island to get you all geared up for the fall run. Now, the Fisherman Magazine's Jenny Ackerman and I are driving up together tonight uh, to this event. Both she and I also have a couple of seminars. Mine begins at 6.45 p.m. with a little look at the 2022 fall run here at the Jersey Shore and equating that to blitz fishing from Long Island down to the Jersey Shore, and I'm looking forward to that. For a primer on that fall blitz fishing and what should be in your plug bag, let's check in with Jenny, open boat. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Open Boat and today we're probably going to talk about one of my most favorite things honestly, it's fall run prep. The fall run is an exciting time and now we have time to prepare. So I'm going to give you a rundown today and next week we got a two part open boat happening here on what lures to use to match the bait. A lot of times in the fall run you either have the peanut bunker or you have like sand eels. So, you need to be prepared for both. So come on, come take a seat, come sit down and we'll give you the rundown on peanut bunker. So peanut bunker, you gotta prep for like a couple different things cause you don't know if they're gonna be on top water or they're gonna be underneath. Depends on what the bass are doing if they're ambushing them, you know, top water or underneath the schools. So for starters, I like to always have in my plug bag a big old Gibbs pencil popper. This Gibbs is about two ounces. I retired my old one from last year, but this is a new one ready for the fall run. It's great to reach out far. A lot of times last November, the November to remember, there was a lot of bass out past the second sandbar and bigger bass were out there hitting those peanut bunker schools while smaller ones were in close, the ones that were right at your feet. So the Gibbs is an old reliable, that you should always have in your plug bag. I always have it in the fall and the spring. Next up, we have a big rock. This is a metal lip swimmer, and if you adjust it, it can swim right on the surface, and it is the perfect peanut imitator. And now, of course, you can get any metal lip swimmer that imitates the peanut bunker, but I love big rock. Shout out to Russ for making just beautiful works of art with all of his plugs. It just really drives the bass nuts when you have those topwater peanut bunker bites. Now, for the times when the bass aren't on topwater, you can look at my article from the September edition on bucktailing in the surf. So we're gonna talk about, drum roll, what's in my side pouch here, the Gen X bucktail. This 
is an excellent lure to use when the bass aren't on top water and you need to throw something to get in the peanut bunker schools for those bass to eat. I like putting a little JK bait trailer on the back. They really hold up nicely. They have like a thicker little body that goes on the hook so they stay on better. You can use an otter tail or whatever little strip you like. And I have a couple different sizes in my plug bag, of course, just in case. And of course, if you don't want to go for a bucktail, you can do tsunami swim shad, but you know, I wrote a whole article on it so you can tell how much I like them. So basically that's the rundown for what top lures you would need for when there's peanut bunker around. Now next week we're going to talk about what to do when there's those good old sand deals that we all just love. So make sure to stay tuned for next week's. Again, join us both at the Long Island uh, or the Hilton Long Island Hotel and Convention Center from 6 to 11 p.m. Thursday. That's at 598 Broad Hollow Road in Mel Melville, New York. That's just off the LIE, uh, just a little bit farther south off the LIE when you get into that area. Then it's back here on Friday for the New Jersey Boat Show. The Boat Show here at Two Stadium Way in Lakewood, New Jersey. It's presented by the Marine Trades Association of New Jersey. The show runs Friday 11 to 6, Saturday 10 to 6, and Sunday 10 to 5. Admission is just 7 Parking is free and so is admission for 12 and under. The Jersey Shore Boat Sale and Expo. You've got used boats to look for. That's what I always love about this uh, 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 this particular outdoor show every fall. Uh, Melissa Danko from the MTA told me there's at least two dozen uh, used boats available for you in the lot this weekend. Uh, then you've got uh, over 300 new boats, a lot more dealers and a lot more manufacturers than in the past. Actually, Melissa said there are 80 different brands here this Friday. Saturday and Sunday. Hope to see you here at Jersey Shore Blue Claw Stadium for the Jersey Shore Boat Sale and Expo. Now before we jump in to this week's fishing reports, let's revisit last week's video fishing forecast uh, from Island Beach State Park in front of all that heavy equipment up there. We've all been told that it's nothing but sewer work working to get the sewer system uh, all up to date there in Island Beach State Park. Now, I tried to get confirmation on this from the state, the DEP, uh, before I went into last week's video, but I had no luck, which is something that I've grown accustomed to dealing with uh, in this administration the last several years. It takes forever to get an answer if you even do. I would remind you that back on May 25th, Memorial Day weekend, I attended a press conference and was able to ask Commissioner Sean LaTourette, DEP Commissioner LaTourette, about the missing council seats on the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council that were now going on three years. And back in Memorial Day, he had this to say. Yeah, so I, I've had some, some conversations with some of our friends in the legislature about, about this. Um, and I, I do think that we're, we're gonna see some, some movement there. Uh, unfortunately, we don't, we don't get to control that because while we have, um, while we staff the council from the perspective, from the department, we don't, uh, we don't get to control uh, what the Senate schedule uh, is and so forth. But uh, I have been in com communication, as has my uh, chief of staff, uh, Jane Rosenblatt for Crawford, with uh, Senator Smith on this very issue. Okay. So the more information we get, I'm happy to share. Now, following Mr. La Tourette's rather uh, reluctant word salad response, blaming the New Jersey Senate for his office's failure to put any appointments through for the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council, 
He asked me to exchange information with senior press officer at the DEP, Karen Shinsky, which I did, who was going to follow up with me, but that's the basis of an article that I ran in the July edition of the Fisherman Magazine about the lack of representation on the New Jersey Marine Fisheries Council. And as of today, Thursday, September 21st, that's 117 days without me hearing back from Ms. Shinsky. So as you know, last week I asked Ms. Shinsky in the DEP press office, uh, and apparently Mr. LaTourette, about the current work at Island Beach and the impending Orsted cabling efforts there. Now, some commenters on Instagram and YouTube and chit chat and TikTok and all that kind of stuff, they said, I'm just jumping to conclusions. They're saying, hey, buddy, it's only sewer work. Well, yeah, kind of, sort of, I found out. This week, I got a response from Ms. Shinsky. The email's on screen for you folks watching on our YouTube channel. She says, Orsted plans on starting their upland preparatory work at Island Beach State Park in October, quoting, while actual construction work will not commence until mid-October, some additional samplings or borings will be taken between now and the start of construction. Now, of course, is now. Right now is now. And any time over the last eight days since Ms. Shinsky responded, I guess that would be now. Then, but certainly it's safe to say that Orsted is now doing work at Island Beach State Park. And they will move into some full-scale, massive construction sometime in October. But we just don't know anything about that. Ms. Shinsky did say, quote, any impacts to the public will be minimal. So when Orsted is doing all that cabling work under Island Beach State Park, surf casting access impacts will be minimal. I'm not exactly sure what minimal means. That's a subjective term. As for that updated construction schedule, uh, the state doesn't have one yet. They're going to get it at the end of September, right before Orsted does the work. Now, let me just say this. No one really knows what this work at Island Beach will look like. No one's really communicating that info to the general public and especially not the outdoors media. But as I've learned this week, it's not just some fishing editor contending with the slow walking and jive talking in Trenton. Local officials, local elected officials are also running into the same problem. I spoke with Seaside Park Mayor John Peterson Jr. this week, who says he's not getting any answers from the Murphy La Tourette regime either. Listen to what Mayor Peterson had to say. Uh, I share everyone's inquiry and uh, we too would like to know what exactly is going on at Island Beach State Park and we've had summer visitors, residents, it started with some bikers during the summer uh, who were impacted and of course the fishermen and those that just want to get away from it all and probably the most pristine beautiful place in New Jersey. So everyone has asked us, it's not technically our jurisdiction, albeit we do provide emergency assistance and have for many, many years. So we've reached out uh, and I've testified in the past in many of the federal hearings. Unfortunately, many of them were deliberately placed in a Zoom platform rather than live hearings. But that being said, we've asked a number of questions and in our mind, we have not had anywhere near adequate answers. Well, we've had individuals reporting to us, and I was there in the park, and I've seen construction, and whether or not that construction is specifically attributed to this sewer project or it's something above and beyond that, I can't say. Uh, it's not my area of expertise, but uh, that is something that in and of itself has raised the concerns. And uh, you've had information apparently uh, better than our response in terms of 
uh, Orsted and its planning for the project. And that uh, in and of itself also suggests that if they're planning this trenching, which appears to be in what uh, over many, many decades through many legislatures, through many governors has remained one of the most beautiful, pristine, undisturbed places as per the initial legislation that enacted and established the park, and that is Island Beach State Park. So that deserves our highest level of environmental scrutiny and scrutiny from the standpoint of protecting fishing, protecting hikers, birders. Just two winters ago, we were all there, National Geographic, the New York Times was there, everyone was there looking at the snow owls. That is what we have. It's a gem of the entire state of New Jersey right next door to us in Seaside Park. And it deserves all full answers, scrutiny. Uh, the fact that there is this trenching, allegedly, and this again is coming from workers who say they're employed uh, through Orsted, this trenching out into the ocean suggests they've made a decision already that they're going to follow up with such trenching into a more massive project right into Barnegat Bay, right into a pristine area of the bay, which you know well and all anyone who's associated with fishing and boating in New Jersey knows it's near the sedges, it's near a beautiful area. What will be the effect if indeed they go ahead with such cables right in our Bay Area, uh, much less the trenching activities themselves and disturbance of the SAV and the like, the growth, the fishing, all need answers. Unless those answers are adequately and scientifically given, uh, my suggestion is that a moratorium should be imposed on any and all activities. And ironically, Orsted itself issued a press release just last week and indicated they were putting a halt themselves uh, on this project. Well, that gets a giant asterisk now because of what is attributed to the quotations of their own workers saying, oh no, we're not putting a halt on anything. Again, we're gonna have to see what minimal impacts mean in terms of surf casting access come October when that striper run really kicks into gear on uh, uh, along the Jersey coast and especially there at Island Beach. By the way, this I find is the funny part. And before joining the DEP's delay, denial, and diversion division in Trenton, Ms. Shinsky was actually responsible for political fact-checking at the Star-Ledger. I couldn't make that up if I tried. That said, let's give credit where credit is due to the DEP this week. Uh, you may have seen this, Jenkinson's owns just about every beach in Point Pleasant Beach and they locked down their beaches a few weeks back because of some lawsuit. Well, the DEP did respond and the DEP told, uh, told the folks at Jenkinson's, open up those beaches. So hopefully we'll be seeing those locks and chains removed soon and again before the fall run starts. Now, let's get on to the fishing action and see what we've got at the Jersey Shore this week. And if you got a bone to pick with me, you're not the only one. But I'll tell you this, Ginger Tatum's got a bone to pick with Gary Caputi this week. Word is from Gary and Ginger, they've been finding a pretty epic bonita bite uh, off the North Jersey coast. I'm not gonna say where, but plenty of bonita. He was loading up with them. Uh, you might wanna try uh, trolling Clark spoons or small Yazori diving plugs. Bleed them, ice them right away, bring them home. When you fillet them out, flash freeze them, 45 minutes or something like that. Make great sashimi and you will thank me later. Just keep an eye out for them along the beaches as well, because I wouldn't be surprised if we've got a pretty good bonito bite along our Jersey Shore beaches as well. Uh, and especially with this passing storm last week, 
pushing some warmer waters from the offshore grounds in closer to shore. Uh, maybe we'll find some more mahi along some of those pot lines and some of the uh, floatsam, jetsam, and some of the weed lines. But make sure that you're carrying around those deadly dicks, the slim waves, the epoxies, the exo jigs, whether you're going out light tackle fishing on the boat or fishing from the beaches as well. And of course, we are into albie season at this point, the false albacore run is just getting started uh, along the beaches to the inshore mid-range grounds just as I talked about last week at the Barnegat Ridge. Century's Rob Crossley has been chasing them down off of Barnegat Light uh, and to the south for several weeks now. Uh, so that's another target, those false albacores should you still have the boat in the water or if you're thinking about picking up a new boat this weekend and christening her with some false albacore action, that would be great. Less than one week to go. At this point in New Jersey's 2023 summer flounder or fluke season, and I'm hoping that first passing glance from Hurricane Lee this past weekend uh, didn't pull too many of those fish out to the eastern grounds. Earlier this week, the Jamaica 2 got out, uh, for example, found some slow fishing, but still scored. And again, I'd like to see how this week progresses, but still plenty of party boats, uh, charter boats still trying to get out there to the reefs, ref, uh, reefs, wrecks, and snags to get in those final days of fluke season. Don't forget, in New Jersey, it ends on September 27th. Down in Delaware, it never ends. It's the fishery that never ends. I did hear a rumor this week, a buddy of mine, I can't substantiate it because I didn't see it, of, a, of an eight pound plus fluke caught in the back bays of Barnegat Bay. Uh, but with all that peanut bunker out back, and you got to think maybe with this with this big swell we had last week, maybe some of those fluke pushed a little farther back and they're piling on those peanuts. Um, I had 80 degrees on a trip last week in the back bay, upper stretches of Barnegat Bay, but I slipped out, picked up some crabs from Gabriel Tackle and Brick on Sunday morning, went out, caught a few tog, and I did mark water temperatures around 70 degrees. And I could feel the, the northwest wind blowing. More of that northwest should really start to chill things off in the back and make for some good opportunities, especially striped bass along those sedges and sod banks. Uh, back to the fluke, I also did hear from Daniel Gray this week. Uh, he said cousin Lexi Miller traveled to the Jersey Shore this weekend from Baltimore out to prove that there are still keepers summer flounder in the back. Judson and Millie to her right, they were in town from uh, Patascala, Ohio, and they had never seen anything like this summer flounder bite. So heck with summer, this is the best time of year to have folks visit you from out of town. Bring them down to the Jersey Shore. It is always, as we say, better in September. And in terms of fluking, it's a great time to hit the beaches as well. Uh, jetty pockets, the sloughs right along the beach. Bait is starting to move. Flo the fluke are beginning their migratory departure for the eastern ground, uh, just coming out of the inlets at some point, but they're gonna be funneling down the beaches as well. Chris Madison was out this week. He said he was uh, on the hunt for uh, Atlantic County redfish, but he did well with the fluke in the surf. Uh, I saw um, I saw Shell Karras this week at Grumpy's earlier. Uh, I think he was out on Wednesday, had a three and a half pounder in the surf. So yeah, those fluke are there. And you're, of course, you're gonna have the bluefish in and out. And that should continue all fall. Just remember, if you're going gunning for fluke on the beach, take that tray of jig heads and bucktails, but do not forget the fish bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to fish bites. Of course, you still have another week in New Jersey to register that big doormat in the Fisherman Magazine's Dream Boat uh, Fishing Challenge. Uh, you have all season long, all the way through November, to compete for a brand new Steiger, but you've got a week of, fl of fluke fishing, and this is typically a lot of times when we have those jumbos. Let's check in with producer Tim Smith for an exclusive look at the Dream Boat leaderboard and where it stands today. 
No new entries this week, but a reminder that Scup is the fish of the month and there is still time to be on top and win that tsunami rod and reel and a fillet knife from Dexter Outdoors. So here are the top three. Bobby Cifarelli still holds first place with 24 points. Eddie Terrabile remains in second place with 18 points. And Kyle Kraus maintains his third place position with 16 points. The Dream Boat Fishing Challenge is the fisherman subscriber-only multi-species fishing competition with a chance to win a 21-foot Steigercraft center console powered by Yamaha, along with many other great prizes. Visit thefisherman.com to subscribe and get all the details so you can be part of the action. Blowfish, of course, still an option in the back, getting some decent reports in Barnegat Bay, down into Little Egg and Great Bay, uh, wherever you can find a nice little quiet spot on a hole, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of those little potholes that are off the beaten track, especially. Uh, a couple of uh, logs of frozen clam chum and plenty of those little fish bites, pieces of clam or blood worm laid up, uh, load up on those tasty puffers. Uh, the farther south you go, if you do a little bit of that chum pot fishing, especially Barnegat and south into Atlantic and Cape May County, you may end up with a couple of puppy drums as well they're usually in the mix and uh, of course spot cape may goodies uh, fantastic in the fry pan but they make a killer final week doormat fluke bait and they're also good for tuna and stripers in the fall now as i mentioned with back bay te uh, temperatures water temperatures dropping out of that 80 degree range and down into the 70s as i mentioned i'm looking forward to turn my attention in the next couple of weeks to some of those sod banks throwing the poppers the uh, yozuri uh, 3d inshore the the brand new one from tsunami the uh, the the title ipro along with some of those smaller plastics um, sort of like the kettle creeks and the nlbns because i do think as the water temperatures cool off in the back and all that bait starts to move, we do have some reports of mullet on the move right on schedule. Uh, I talked to one uh, friend, Lou, this week who said he was going to hit Corson's this week because he does know that the mullet are on the run, so he's looking for that. But we will talk a little bit more about sod bank popping in next week's video fishing forecast. We'll take a look at the offshore grounds and Jersey Shore weather next, but first let's head west to Beltsville. Check in with my friend George, the Pocono Outdoors guy. Well, hey, thanks, Jim. You know, things are really cooling down. We're actually starting to see a little bit of color in the trees in the area here. So that's a telltale sign uh, that fall is coming this weekend and fishing is really starting to heat up. You know, if uh, this coming weekend is anything like this past week, we are in for some really good fishing. Uh, smallmouth continue to dominate. Matter of fact, we had a few guys check in with some good fishing. You know, uh, Sean Wong checked in over in New Jersey. Uh, he and his pop Jen are still out there hammering these smallmouths, uh, topwaters and jerkbait are still the dominant presentation and getting them on lots and lots of fish. Locally here in Beltsville, Debbie Perez checked in and said she's been on fire with the smallmouths recently. Kind of the same presentation out there hammering away on plugs, producing smallmouth time after time. Now, if you look up in on Wall and Palm Pack, Isabel Grouper checked in. She's been out on some largemouth. Uh, she's been out fishing with her pot, Will, who's been busy getting onto these stripers. Yeah, those Sweetwater stripers, guys, they are in full season right now and really feeding up uh, for the winter time. Um, now up on the Palm Pompac, we also have uh, Bob Summers checked in. You know, he's doing really well uh, on, on the stripers as well. Again, great time to, to be dragging those outwise. Just a real nice presentation of those fish feed up for the coming season. Also on the Delaware River, same thing, those, those holdover stripers, guys, they're going to be producing real well for you. Jay Batcha checked in, kind of the same thing, producing live bait and getting into some great stripers. Also on the Delaware, I don't want to rule out the catfish. You know, uh, Tom Gilmore checked in with a really nice cat, uh, channel cat, but they are producing some flatheads as well. So you got to look around for your favorite spot to get in some of that great cat fishing. Now guys also want to 
touch base. We are in the extended trout season in approved waters. Uh, catch and release only, so if you're out looking for some great brown trout, like my good friend Eric Goodstall, lots of places to get out. He's out fishing in Northampton County, but all these cold mountain streams are going to produce trout for you this time of year. Just be sure you check the rules and regs in your area before you want to get out and fish. Guys, it's going to rain this weekend, so I think we'll have to dodge some raindrops. Good time to leave the blowmower behind and get out and do a little fishing. We'll catch you next time. From Pennsylvania, I'm George, your Pocono Outdoors guy. Now in his offshore report this week for thefisherman.com, Tom P reporting for the last time for the offshore report this season. He said big eye, yellowfin, some of which are of Allison proportions, those 100 pound or better, and swordfish in the canyons. He said it's realistic to expect that rush of longfin at, at some point. You know, the, the, the true albacore bite offshore has been slow so far. That's usually what picks up in the fall, especially um, guys are chunking overnight and then doing those immediate trolls in the morning. Mid-range inshore tuna opportunities exist, according to Tom P, and there continue to be some bluefin showing up along the lumps and hills. Mahi should be in close, and he calls it an impending triple rex October surprise. Right now, yes, yellowfin have finally moved into that area. So hopefully into October, we can get some of that mid-range tuna action and not just the uh, not just the triple wrecks, but maybe some of those lumps and mid-range grounds down into uh, Atlantic and Cape May County as well. I mentioned a few weeks ago in my video fishing forecast about the commercial Lalago squid season. It wasn't August 1st, it was September 1st that the commercial Lalago squid season opened. So we had a pretty good run of squid before that happened, but if you're finding trouble finding the squid at this point from those seaside lumps in north, uh, well, that's pretty much the reason why on that. And in addition to tuna, don't forget, there's still plenty of those other uh, pelagic opportunities. In fact, Eric Kerber uh, on a mission adventures had the tuna spread out going at tuna speed and hit a nice wahoo this week in his return to the offshore grounds post Lee. However, middle of this week, when I look at the NOAA offshore weather forecast, marine waters from the Hudson to the Baltimore, well, all I can say is maybe next week. Uh, in fact, weather in general for Saturday uh, doesn't look terrific. Last I saw from the Weather Channel, they're calling for a 100% chance of rain at the Jersey Shore on Saturday. They don't give us a lot of wiggle room, uh, and they seem pretty confident about that. Finally this week, I have to mention the tragedy outside of Manasquan Inlet this past Thursday night. By now, you've all heard the story, the 31 Aquasport with uh, three passengers, uh, three passengers, a father and his two sons. They were sideswiped by a 10 foot rogue wave outside Manasquan Inlet, uh, rolled over. Uh, we're still waiting to uh, find out what's going on. The father uh, and his oldest son, uh, they were brought ashore uh, by some good Samaritans along the wall there in Point Pleasant. Uh, the other son is lost. Now, I gotta tell you, uh, I know the captain personally. Uh, he's a friend, somebody I fished with, both he and his older son. And I can tell you also, 
He's a merchant mariner responsible for large cargo ships. Uh, so he sailed in conditions around the globe that would have left me in a fetal position soiled on the cockpit floor. So this is just an absolutely terrible tragedy. tragedy. Uh, it, it affected a very deep, uh, uh, close-knit neighborhood family where I'm from in the midstream section of Brick Township. Uh, we each keep our boats not far from one another. Uh, now we've been keeping lanterns lit in our yards this past week, praying that this son of Midstreams finds his way home. And I hope you will join me uh, throughout the entire fishing community with saying a prayer. Uh, keep this family in your hearts and, and prayers uh, for, uh, for, for Derek's return home. Um, I gotta say, it, it reminds me, the artist Van Gogh, he once said, the fishermen know that the sea is dangerous and the storm terrible, but they have never found these dangers sufficient reason for remaining ashore. This isn't a sport. Some people call this a sport uh, that we enjoy. Uh, I believe the fishing and boating, getting offshore, uh, it, it's in the very fibers of our soul, uh, passed down DNA from our fathers to sons and daughters, and it continues to get passed down for time immemorial and forevermore. So hold your loved ones just a little bit closer this weekend. Tell them you love them. And and, uh, and please say a prayer uh, for these the, this, this family. Uh, a really tough week, but um, listen, keep an eye on the weather, right? Offshore weather, it looks difficult this week. Keep an eye on it. Consider what NOAA Marine Weather is saying. Uh, and of course, as we go into this weekend, you're gonna have to keep an eye on the weather as well. And if you're not out fishing, put on the rain gear, come out here, get a good deal on a new or used boat, Jersey Shore Boat Sale and Expo. I'll be here on Friday, and I hope to see you here. God bless, catch you again next week, right here at thefisherman.com. <laughs>